Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Hey, the Saturday print edition of the New York Times, page one, Jennifer Schlussler had the byline, a remarkable story. And I'm so eager to chat with my next guest under the headline, Lincoln stood on hallowed ground, but where? The dateline, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, four score and 79 years ago today, Abraham Lincoln stood up in the newly dedicated cemetery for Union soldiers who fell at Gettysburg and delivered one of the most famous speeches in American history. Good trivia. It ran 272 words and took only two minutes to deliver. It went so fast that the three photographers in attendance with their clunky wet plate cameras, they missed the moment entirely. Since the 19th century, scholars and armchair obsessives alike have poured over every aspect of the Gettysburg Address, from the meaning of its soaring rhetoric to the kind of paper Lincoln drafted it on. Now, a researcher claims to have settled the question that can be seen quite literally as foundational. Where exactly did Lincoln stand? This is the man who has figured it out, Christopher Oakley. Mr. Oakley, thanks so much for being here. I'm really excited to chat with you. Good morning, and lovely to be here. A year ago, I visited the battlefield at Gettysburg with one of my sons, who is somewhat of a a Civil War buff. And, of course, you know, we get to the Gettysburg National Cemetery and the Evergreen Cemetery, and we have one thing on our mind. Where was he standing? Mm -hmm. First of all, what what is it about us that we all want to go and stand on that spot? Well, I I think uh, it's really important for us to have that kind of a connection to our past. And I think when we and and it's very true of that particular spot that everybody asks the the folks at the the National Cemetery, you know, well, where did it happen? That's the first question out of everybody's mouth. And I think the reason people want to do that is because when you stand there, when you're in this place where it actually happened, it really ignites your imagination and it really kind of transports you back in time. You know, and it makes you almost a witness to the event. My recollection is the and the Times made reference to this, that they leave it a bit vague or at least they have up until yes. your your revelation. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. Oh, very much. so. Yeah, there are several markers that are there, um, but they all point in different directions. <laughs> and tell you, it depends on when they were installed. Most most uh, most folks think and that, that the speech actually took place in the neighboring Evergreen Cemetery. But there was no fence between the, the two cemeteries uh, share a border and there's no fence between them at the time. So people who have done the you know, examining the photos and things like that of, and, and the records seem to think they keep putting it into Evergreen Cemetery. So for the past 45 years or so, that's that's sort of been where people have assumed it happened. And so the National Park Service tried to uh, acknowledge that and they put a marker up that said it happened over this fence and somewhere over there. And, your back, uh, your, hope, your back, yeah. your background made you well suited to sort it out. You're described as a former Disney animator. First of all, what does that even mean? 
<laughs> well, I used to work as a, a computer animator, a character animator at, at Disney in uh, California, and uh, worked on some dinosaur for four years and, and various other projects. And so, so uh, and actually, it was Disney that trained me in computer animation and and how to do all of this stuff on the computer. So, uh, so we're just I'm using the programs. I, I teach animation now at the University of North Carolina at Asheville, and and uh, so. Uh, I teach this program uh, called Maya M A Y A that that uh, is digital modeling within the within the software and it's used for films and television and special effects and things like that. So uh, you know we create we create virtual worlds within this program and so that was able that's how I was able to uh, take this information. I was able to create the virtual world of those cemeteries within this program. And and uh, and then recreate the photographer's camera positions and their photographs digitally, which is how I was able to locate where the speech actually was. In other words, there are six known photographs of the dedication ceremony itself, none of which captured Lincoln delivering the Gettysburg Address. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's one photograph that Josephine Cobb uh, discovered in 1952 in archivist at National Archives and. She, the, it's a photo taken front from the front of the speaker stand, about 163 feet away, uh, and Lincoln can be see, seen seated on the, you know, you can see his head uh, as he's sitting. There's a large crowd; there were 15,000 people around, and and uh, but you can see him when you zoom in way close on it. You can you can see him sitting there. But that's and and I think I found a photo of him in another photo taken from the side of the speaker stand. Uh, back in 2013, but but um, but that's the one that everybody agrees is is our Abraham Lincoln, and but but there are actually no photographs of him uh, speaking because he only spoke for a little over two minutes. To to be in Gettysburg today is is to see a lot of trees and foliage and so forth. But at the time, yeah. the er- the area that we are addressing, th- there were no markers, were there? There were no markers. There was no graves in that area. Um, they were only about a third of the soldiers had been reburied in the National Cemetery by the time the ceremony took place. Uh, and and uh, but up in Evergreen Cemetery, which was, you know, my 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 proposal is that the the speaker stand actually straddled the border. And and so the back of the speaker stand was in Evergreen Cemetery, the front of the speaker stand where Lincoln was was in, in over the over the border and in uh, the national cemetery and and but in evergreen at that time there were no graves up there in that section so so there was it was it was easy for them to to put the the platform in that location this is the smirconish podcast from sirius xm Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. 
Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. What accounts for the fact that you've been a Lincoln freak since you were five? <laughs> well, I, you know, it's weird. I sat in uh, my kindergarten class in Crystal Lake, Illinois, and then back in those days, and especially if you're in Illinois, every classroom had at least a photo or a print or a painting of Lincoln in the classroom. And I remember sitting in my, my little desk and uh, and looking at that photo and thinking, I knew him, and he was a nice man. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. I have no idea where that came from. And even as a five-year-old, I said to myself, why am I thinking this? And, and uh, so from that point on, I was just fascinated with anything Lincoln. And my mother used to tell people when they didn't know what to get me for my birthday, she says, just give him something with Lincoln on it and he'll be happy. (laughs) So the the, the takeaway here is that a former Disney animator, a self-described Lincoln uh, aficionado freak since the age of five, has now turned his expertise (laughs) to solving the age-old question of where exactly is the hallowed ground on which he stood to deliver the Gettysburg Address? And I think, you know, for, for for what little I know of the Civil War community, to me, the most remarkable thing, maybe not with unanimity, but is the widespread acceptance and respect of your conclusion that you are receiving. Because, you know, these are all people with very fixed views about what happened where and yeah. when. Yes, yes. Well, the fact that I was able to use science to do it, uh, which is, you know, as, as one, one of the experts once said to me when I showed him the, my results, he said, it's just math. And I would argue it's a lot more than that. <laughs> but, it, but, it, but when it comes down to it, using the, the technology really just it takes away the interpretation part of it. And, and, and it allows you to actually see what's there. And and uh, so I think I think that's why it's receiving uh, acceptability here, because uh, uh, because I'm it's not just me doing a guess uh, or an an educated guess. It's me, you know, basically uh, by 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 the fact that all the the photographers were 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 triangulating each other. uh, I'm able to pinpoint if I can reproduce their photos, I can pinpoint exactly where Lincoln was and, and where the speakers stand and also the size and shape. Uh, you know, for for years they thought the speaker stand was was 12 feet by 20 feet deep, 12 feet wide by 20 feet deep, which is ridiculous when you look at the photos. There's over 100 people on that speaker stand, hmm. and and uh, so, but I was able to determine both the size and the shape, and the shape is not rectangular like they has been posited, but it was actually a trapezoid, and they were seated in orchestral formation. Did you build so, a, a model, a, 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 like a tangible that you could touch, three D model, or is it all by computer c- computer animation? It's it's all by computer right now. I would I would love to print it out as a three D print, uh, and probably will because I have the ability to do that. But but the uh, but it will. Um, but right now it's all within uh, the computer. Is there any type of peer review process that this could undergo? It's kind of gone through that. It's uh, and it, it certainly it could go through a you know if somebody wants to uh, to take the, the the programs and see if they can reproduce them. That's 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 up. That they're certainly welcome to. It took me over ten years. Wow. <laughs> but they, uh, yeah. But the uh, but the uh, but it's gone through the 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 community of you know there there are very few, 
small handful of 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 uh, Gettysburg experts, and particularly photography at Gettysburg experts. Bill Frazzanito being chief among them. He's sort of the Obi Wan Kenobi of of photographic experts for for uh, for anything to do with Civil War photography in Lincoln, and and so I've 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 shared it with all of these folks, and while they may you know quibble with me on whether it was a trapezoid or not, um, they've they've all pretty much said that they they are in agreement that that they think that this is probably correct, and and uh, and that they uh, don't have a reason to doubt it. Okay, so to bring this conversation full circle, by the way, Christopher Oakley, thank you so much. This is really fascinating. To bring (laughs) it full circle, what should now occur? This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Because for the the guy like me who goes out there with his son and wants to stand in the spot, should the marker be moved? Should it be clearly delineated? Uh, well, that's up to the National Park Service, and and uh, and hopefully we can get some other people on board, like some, maybe some uh, new Pennsylvania uh, <laughs> senators, uh, folks like that who can champion such a thing. Sure. Uh, and 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 then um, you know and get that. And just so for your listeners to know, if you want to know where it actually was uh, before that happens, uh, if you're standing looking at the evergreen cemetery with your back to the national soldiers monument in the national cemetery there are a bunch of uh, rhododendron bushes and it's the third rhododendron bush from the left if you're standing in front of that it's a little short one uh then you're pretty much where lincoln was standing except he was on a three-foot platform so, was was there so, a, uh, an epiphany an epiphany moment in the span of those ten years a eureka like oh my god I have unlocked this and this is what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was a there was a definitely that moment. And, what was uh, it for me? It came oh when it, it was when I was uh, I just I thought it would be really cool for our project because we're recreating Abraham Lincoln delivering the Gettysburg Address as an animation and with my students. And and for me, I was I was I thought, well, it would be really cool if we could take one of the existing photographs and have that photograph as the opening and then dissolve that photograph into our 3D recreation and have everything match perfectly. And I thought if I could do that, that would just be an awesome opening. And then I went, thought, well, wait a minute, these photographers and then I reproduced that photo, by the way. And, and then I thought, well, wait a minute, these photographers were all triangulating each other. So if I was able to reproduce each of their photos, I should be able to pinpoint where the speaker stand was and where Lincoln was and had to be. 
And just based on, on that, because, you know, anything outside those photographers' angles of view is going to be out of the, out of the picture. And all the but previous... If you, but, if you don't have a, but if you don't have a tree or a mountain or a hillside, what, yeah. what, what are you using to anchor it to? Well, fortunately, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. But fortunately, I, I had the gatehouse in Evergreen Cemetery, which has not moved. And in oh. fact, one of the photographs was taken from the second floor of that gatehouse. So okay. I, ha- I knew where that photographer photographer was and and then also there was a flagpole where the national soldiers monument is the soldiers national monument currently stands is where a, a flagpole stood at, mm. at the time of the ceremony a large very tall flagpole so that we knew where it was and and then there was a 90 foot poplar tree across the street from the gatehouse so if we knew basically that and then we had the horizon line and culps hill and and other things like that that we could match things up to. We were able, that's how I was able to actually start lining all of these things up. Yeah, I knew if I could get those fixed places lined up in my, in my views, then anything that takes place in front of those, which would be the speaker stand, the crowd, and all of that, would be gravy. The one problem I did have um, that, was, that, that, that got me over a long period of time was, was I had everything lined up and everything matched from, from everybody's waist up, but they were sunk into the ground up to their shins, all the little digital people that I put in. And I couldn't figure this out, why, why this was happening. And I'd use GIS, you know, uh, topological maps from the government to, to, uh, <laughs> to create the ground. And, and, and so, so uh, but all, they were in their ground up to their shins. And I was with Brian Kennel, who's the Evergreen uh, Cemetery superintendent. We were walking around the graves up to where I thought the, uh, the speech had taken place. And I said, Brian, what is, what's the possibility that the, this ground was eight inches lower uh, back in 1863. And he says, well, it's not only possible, it's probable because no, no graves had been dug. So we hadn't disturbed any of the dirt there yet. Wow. And, and so I lowered the ground eight inches and everything fit. Wow. And I got, that is I got cool. a confirmation on that. I got a confirmation on that just four weeks ago when the, the National Park Service sent me their cultural landscape report and in 1934, the CCC uh, did a project where they uh, reset all of the headstones and then raised the ground eight inches. <laughs> oh, that is really cool. I want, hey, so, I want to go back so. now. Now I, now I want to go back and see it all over again and, and, and find the, th- the third rhododendron. That is the best there part of the story. <laughs> Hey, Christopher well, well, Oakley, what a... go back and I'll give you a tour. <laughs> You're awfully nice. And b- 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 a quick final thought. Is it true you've got a yes. burial plot in Evergreen yourself? <laughs> yes, it is. Holy smokes. Yes, it is. I'm, yeah, there was, a, there was a comfort tent right behind the speaker stand, and, and uh, which a comfort tent was for Edward Everett, who was the main order of the day, sure. yeah. who had uh, some bladder issues because he had had a stroke, so they needed a place for him to to uh, relieve himself before he went out on a three-hour ceremony. And, and uh, my spot is right on the fright front <laughs> corner of that comfort tent. <laughs> he, he once sought comfort. I hope the rain comfort. has washed away what was ever there. <laughs> Say what? I said, right, he sought comfort in a location where you may end up. Uh, well, that was yes, well exactly. told. Really well told. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. 
That's Christopher Oakley, ladies and gentlemen. As Paul Harvey would say, now you know the rest of the story. That is a hell of a story. And may I just say, for, for, for those all across the country, if you've never made the visit, it's really terrific. Gettysburg, the museum, the way they tell the story, it is spectacular. Third Road of Denver. The Third, third Road, Road of Denver. That was amazing. Amazing. And, and, and also the presentation. If you look at my Twitter feed, you'll yes. see the piece. It's phenomenal. But when you, when you go, uh, when you go on at the Times site, you can see the 3D animation. Because I, I realize I'm at a dis- it gives you It gives you goosebumps. You're standing in I history. Know, I know. And I, I, I've looked at it and you've looked at it. I just hope that the POTUS audience, because it's radio and we're not able to show them visually what we're talking about, I hope you still got a kick out of that. So a, a former Disney, of course, animator. Who else could? Who else? Yeah. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.